everyone to my um officially i think sixth episode already so it's coming along of my podcast let's get down to business so here i have my good uh guest of mine a very good friend of mine that i attended college with xavier hernandez so um yeah xavier um i would like to if you could just like introduce um people uh the audience uh, like your background and everything yeah 100 percent. so hey guys my name is xavier hernandez I am currently working in Amazon as a project coordinator. Uh, before this, I was doing a startup uh, right after college. And then for college, I went to UC Riverside where I met Owen and I graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering. Nice. Cool. And yeah, how's your, um, just a follow up, Xavier? Um, I know we interacted a lot um, while at UCR, but how was your experience, you know, um, with the people we met, the professors at UCR? Um, and I know because the podcast episode specifically, we're talking about, um, like AI, which I think is a very, you know, <laughs> exciting development, yet something to like look out for. How is like mechanical engineering? Um, because I know that relates a lot about, you know, just technology and just AI in general, like just your experience at UCR. Um, yeah, and the major in the classes you took, if you can just give like a brief description on that, yeah, I, I thought. The program at UCR for engineering is pretty well known. Um, I I got into the mechanical engineering department almost by a flip of a coin. I actually started off as a math major. Um, but after my first year, I had taken already all the lower divs. And um, I was going to start my upper divs my second year as a math major. I had a really good GPA. But then I realized that I wanted more out of my college experience. All I was doing was really going to class, doing my homework, studying for tests, and then going to class again. I didn't really have a life outside of it. Um, even though I was, quote unquote, succeeding by getting a good GPA, I, I didn't feel like I was getting what I was supposed to be getting out from college. Um, so then I decided to switch majors. I really wanted to switch into business mm-hmm. um but my parents reminded me that uh no, no no like we have expectations for you um that are relate to stem so you have to choose a stem major mm-hmm. uh, so i ended up choosing mechanical engineering because i thought that would that's what iron man would likely choose <laughs> yeah later down the road i found out that was, that's not the case but i found out too late and that's another story for another time but i ended up choosing mechanical engineering um, from the get-go, it, it wasn't a difficult class for the lower diffs. Um, it, it was a lot of just physics and math, was, which I was really good at. Um, but that allowed me to focus more on the extracurriculars outside of class, which in, in the engineering department for UCR are incredible. Right, We have some crazy student orgs that are pulling out some crazy projects. So you have uh, IEEE doing, you know, like all these like micro mouse, doing uh, the, the submarine robotic competition. You have ASME who, who's, who are doing like the rocket stuff. Um, so you have, a, you have a lot of these different uh, engineering majors doing different things. You had for the Formula One racing and the solar Formula One racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was those actually curricular activities that you see that I think made the experience overall very special. Um, as it relates to AI, when I was attending UCR, um, me- the mechanical engineering department 
hadn't gotten into AI yet. I don't know if they still have or haven't, um, but it's not something that Mech East get into. Um, at most, I was in the, I was I took a lot of like robotics, mechatronics, um, systems engineering. So I took a lot of these these classes that led me to have a concentration in design, but even then we didn't touch a lot of code um, in any meaningful way outside of MATLAB. So mm-hmm. for a mechanical engineering, it was really hard to get into AI. I actually didn't even start looking into AI until after I graduated from college. Um, but what really helped was that base of how to learn things that you don't know and that you don't know how, like there's, there's a lot of unknown unknowns when you first start learning about anything. Um, and I, I think what UCR does a good job at, especially the engineering department, is kind of decomposing out what you don't know and uh, giving you a tool set to tackle those head on and, and practice practice solving problems in those little in the little domains so that you can get comfortable with the overall domain of of whatever it is that you're you're learning. Interesting. Yeah, and just to follow up before we. Um definitely dive into the actual like topic of AI is do you see that colleges um, now or yeah specifically just like universities since we're kind of around that age like college age um, do you see there is a kind of a surge in talking about AI not only just in like mechanical engineering but obviously in like business um, even like other I'm assuming other majors um, like the medical field because there's a lot of implications with AI in the medical field or even the humanities, is it starting to like come up with surgeons now or is it just kind of like a silent kind of topic I hidden think... in like, with <laughs> yeah. this, like that professors talk about like, hey, okay, here's, you know, AI, this is what it's about. But there's not like an actual like, oh, here's a class specifically on machine learning or AI on college universities or like here is, you know, a seminar on it. It's It's kind of like not, fully like blown up if you know what i'm talking about yeah you know, that's what you're saying yeah so i think if you're interested in tech there, there are a lot of buzzwords that you get thrown at um a lot of it is related to ai right now uh ai blockchain all this stuff um but not to say they're just only buzzwords they're buzzwords for a reason right everyone right now who's interested in tech is at some in some degree interested in artificial intelligence machine learning uh neural networks um, supervised and unsupervised learning, uh, all of these AI buzzwords are kind of hitting up only because they seem to have a lot of industrial applications and um, uh, that, that that can be used to basically take us from a, a very manual workforce to a more automated workforce. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, in, in, at least in the industry, even after, co- after college especially, um, in the startup scene, in the tech scene, everyone's really paying attention about how to leverage um, AI. But I think in college, one of the main reasons that it's not being taught in school, as far as I know, is because it's very new still. As in, um, it's, it's very hard to find professors who are, who are one, experts in AI. So it, it's a, a relatively, it's not new, it, it's back like the 70s or something but it, it's new in, in how it's being used today um and how much attention it's getting um but also number two it it there's there's no kind of like even because it's so new in, in its applications there's not a lot of people that are um 
are able to standardize it in a class yet. So if you look at all the schools and whether or not they have a machine learning course, back when I looked into it about one or two years ago, it was only really the top schools that were offering coursework um, in these subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also a lot of it is because uh, the fundamentals of, of um of applying AI really gets the fundamentals of coding, right? Uh, with AI, you just end up using different libraries. Um, I can't say for anyone who, who makes libraries because I don't, I don't know how to make yeah. that, but uh, <laughs> all of AI, you can just leverage existing libraries. And if you already know how to code in Python or really whatever language, you can probably already make use of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And um, I know we could have a lot to, I want to like touch upon there, but I guess delving into more of the topic um, now is kind of um, how would you sort of like define artificial intelligence? Because a lot of people who maybe don't necessarily know about it say that when they think of like, oh, artificial, like something is, you know, not human um, intelligence means it's like it can think on its own. So like people say that like, oh, it's just machines being trained to like do something. But yeah. you think that... Uh, there's something like more to it like how would you define it specifically yeah i think i think the, the normal response to hearing ai if you're not used to hearing the word it's it's one or two things it's like the terminator or yeah something along those lines or um something that's gonna take away all the jobs for everyone um and i not to say those dangers aren't there um you know, with, with every great technology comes a lot of times great dangers and a lot of concerns. But the, I guess the more, the less biased way of looking at AI is it's, it's basically just a, a, a computer program that you're able to give it inputs and it's able to perform pattern recognition by itself um, to do a, a an action or a task. Um, so an example of this would be if you give, the program, um, a thousand different pictures of cats um, and like a thousand different pictures of what what isn't a cat, then by the end, the program should be able to say, based on the pictures that you told me are cats and the pictures they told me aren't cats, I can now look at any picture and tell you if there's a cat in there or not. So all it's really doing is just receiving a lot of inputs training itself to recognize those inputs based on the labels that you gave it um, and then be able to identify those labels um, with pictures that it hasn't seen. And this isn't only for pictures, you know, this is sound, this is data, um, any, any kind of data really is supposed to be able to to use this. The big question then becomes like, knowing that this these are the applications or this is how AI functions, what are, where, where can we apply this uh, to really make a difference in communities and um, benefit economically? Yeah, which, yeah, that's um, really interesting, which leads in to the next question. But before the next question, I know you mentioned like, you know, something about like showing a computer, um, like a thousands of cats, right? To distinguish if that's like a cat or not, then a thousand pictures where it's like not kind of like a cat. Um, so it's in my sort of like, you know, when you're an adult, right? Or an parent um, and you're teaching like your son or daughter like oh here is what a dog is and here's what a cat is 
um, and, you know, through continuously learning, like, throughout their, when they grow up, they'll able to distinguish, like, oh, that's a dog and that's a cat, kind of, like, the same principle with, like, AI. Mm-hmm. But I think what what's, what's interesting to me is, like, what everyone is talking about is, um, I don't even heard, I think it was, I don't know if it was Watson, right, that chess thing, where, I think the number one chess oh, player yeah, yeah. in the world, right, got defeated by yeah, some AI. and then you, and then you also got to go the AlphaGo also came up from DeepMind and, and beat the the world goal player. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, it's really like crazy to like ponder because it's like what people also like worry about um, is that these AI like I'm gonna get like little science fiction here, but <laughs> like you know the AI yeah. has to develop their own sort of thinking, which is crazy because it's like you know, we humans, like, program it, but then it comes up to do something, like, else, which is, like, <laughs> which is, like, entirely, like, insane to, like, think about. I don't know if you can, like, give an opinion on that before our, like, next kind of, like, topic or question we ponder. Yeah, it's always a interesting topic. Um, so, a, a lot of science fiction ends up driving actual technology. Uh, only because yeah. science fiction see the applications and the dangers and everything first, right? When, when satellites first came, um came up in 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 the tech world in the industry world it was already the idea of it was already there because of arthur c clark mm-hmm. and so you do have a lot of sci-fi um ideas that have a lot of weight um because the people who sometimes make these predictions are educated on on technology um there is kind of this like looming timeline of when uh, an artificial intelligence program can learn generally enough. So, uh, artificial generally, artificial general intelligence program can be almost like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's so hard to even say because yeah. it's uh, like Elon Elon Musk has. I don't want to talk about Elon Musk, guys, <laughs> but basically, like this, this whole idea of open AI, there, there's a lot of dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first danger is that AI, even, even without it, the sci-fi version, that it becomes a, its own its own individual, is that it gets misused um, by by people who just are economic, economically driven without any moral compass. So that's the first danger that, that Elon Musk saw when, um, when he started OpenAI. But I think that a lot of the bigger popular culture conversation is about like, oh, well, what happens when the, the program becomes smart enough to guide itself and have its own set of rules like it was that one with will smith I that robot. one movie yeah i robot i, I, I robot yeah, like yeah. most people think of like that when they think about ai which i mean like to me it's like okay that's a little bit too over exaggerated but in some ways it can be like it can i think it's possible it, though yeah go ahead I, sorry i think I think like Ray Kurzweil. This is a kid called Ray Kurzweil. He was like the C- CTO of Google for the longest time. I don't know if he yeah, still is, but back in the heyday, he made a lot of predictions on what technology was gonna be like, and uh, by what year. And like surprisingly, like eighty percent of his predictions have come true since this. He first mm-hmm. initially laid out his his roadmap, um, and I want to say one of them was. On AI, let me actually look it up yeah. right now. You can edit this part out. I know it's all good. I'll but... just keep the conversation going. Like I think while you look it up, it's um like another thing too. Like we're going back to the iRobot, like AI developing some systems. Like 
I think I'm not sure. I heard this story like in China or something. I don't know. I might be completely wrong, but there's been a thing where there was like a concert or something and there was like a camera or I don't know what it was and it scanned like everybody in the crowd, right? And I think it detected one that was like a, I don't know, somebody who, I don't know what the story was, but it was something like who got sneaked into the concert or something or who was like a criminal, like a got caught for like theft in the past and the AI was able to recognize that until like, I don't think they told security, but the AI recognized it, which I thought was pretty like crazy. Like you hear in like video games or movies where it's like drones flying over, like detecting people's face, like, oh, like that's that person. (laughs) And and we already had um, face recognition for a long time, but AI just made it so much better and so much more accessible um, that it can be used so cheaply now for almost any -hmm. any company. Um, But yeah. there's there's one I, talking about the application. I I already have Ray Crystal pulled up. I want to bring up yeah, one more. There was a an instance where uh they they wanted AI to basically augment or substitute a referee in in soccer. Oh no, not referee. The cameraman yeah. in soccer. And so whenever it's a soccer game, there's always a lot of cameras, and you know they're always trying to keep the camera on the ball and the player with with the ball. And so you have a lot of these people on the background just pointing the camera and just maneuvering it to get a good shot of the ball and the person with the ball. Um, for one game that decided to try an AI to hold the camera and basically say, like, hey, like, just recognize the ball and then follow it. Um, and then what ended up happening was the AI started always following the referee's head because he was bald. Um, so it's a lot of good examples of where AI is used very well and is able to recognize a face of a criminal in a concert full of people and there's also places where you see AI uh, it's underdeveloped either by the training data or by the, the program itself um, so it's right now it's an interesting time because it's really really good AI and it's really really yeah. bad AI um, to bring up the thing with Ray Kurzweil so <laughs> if, if you know who Ray Kurzweil is um, then you know he's like it's a, a crazy, scary, smart tech guy um, who was the CTO of, of Google at one point. I want to say that's right. That's what I remember him for. But I found the quote that he, that I, I remember the prediction now, or I found it online, I should say. Um, Ray Kurzweil predicted 15 years ago that the singularity, which is the time when the abilities of a computer overtake the abilities of a human brain, will occur in 2045. Yeah. So that's a prediction that Ray Crystal made. We're 20 years away from that. So that's just the one kind of like sci-fi-ish thing that looks like it may happen um, regardless of whether or not we're careful about it. Yeah, well, that's pretty, (laughs) to me, that sounds very like, very kind of like scary stuff because like the implications of just like, whatever's like a computer mind, like outpacing a human is just like, you know, it's just stuff we see in like movies that we grew up with, but now it's like, it's kind of like it's happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not possible. Yeah, and it's kind of like interesting to like ponder about because I'm like the ethical implications of that. But I think I we're gonna talk about that later. But um, yeah, I know the going to the next question is it's kind of a very like broad question. There's you can talk hours about this, but just like briefly, um, in what ways is kind of like artificial intelligence good for like the economy and like what ways 
might it hurt the economy because I'm like reading a book right now um, by Andrew Yang called The War on Normal People. And there's a specific chapter. Uh, well, all his chapters talk about automation, but there's one specific chapter where he's talking about like, there are, there are around like 3.5 million truck drivers in the United States, right? And with the advent of self-driving trucks from companies like Google or Uber, um, he ponders like what's going to happen to those like people, um, like 3.5 million, are they going to like lose their job and stuff? And what is the implication of that? And another example before I turn it on to you is, um, you know, like Amazon, um, like their e-commerce is like so big and like a lot of people, a lot of retail stores can't compete with them. So some malls are like shutting down and that has like a huge effect on uh, local economies, like, like people's wages from the people that are working on the retail store to like county workers and all that from receiving like their wages. So like just your opinion on like how, we, how it can be like good, but also like detrimental to the economy and just a brief summary. Cause I know there's a whole bunch of examples. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 I, I think like this time period is really going to be a really difficult transition um, for a lot of people um, because technology is coming in and basically shocking the system. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just regurgitating numbers here that I remember off the top of my head. I'm not sure how how true they are, but I think like the great in the Great Depression, it happened because something like 16% of people didn't have jobs, or 16% of people just lost their jobs. So the the, the great that's what the job loss was at the Great Depression. Yeah. Um, and I think something like transportation in the United States is like 18% of all jobs in the United States. So if you just look at self-driving cars and say, and assume it's going to take over the entire transportation industry fairly quickly, um, that already puts a lot of people in danger of losing jobs. And the the scary part is that AI isn't only looking at the transportation industry, right? It's not only the self-driving cars. It's a lot of, um, it's a lot of the, the monotonous, data collecting and pattern recognition jobs that are going out. So like um, medical identification or anything that has a path of like, is it this or is it that? It's, it's basically can be substituted by good AI. Um, a lot of jobs that can't, for example, are like electricians and plumbers, um, but a lot of jobs can either completely substitute the people that are working on them or augment the companies to solve the problems in faster ways. Um, so because of that, what you end up having, what AI is really good for is the people that own the business and, and say like, hey, now we can solve this problem a thousand times faster with like 30 or even maybe even 10% of the headcount that we used to have for this specific problem, um, which is good because then you, you increase the revenue while drastically cutting mm-hmm. costs. Um, but where it does affect a lot of people, it's, it's like the everyday people that are that are working the jobs, right? Um, who who are are basically in danger of being displaced because a, a, a computer program can do what they're doing faster and cheaper. Um, so it, it's very similar to to the industrial age where a lot of manual work just yeah. got tossed aside. Um, the question is, well, will new jobs open up for the people that are getting displaced? And I, I think Andrew Yang was one of those, the good advocates for, for saying like, yeah, like the people that are getting displaced that, that are like, you know, the truck drivers or 
that are soon to get displaced by these self-driving trucks are not the same people that are going to go get the new jobs that, that are going to be able to take on the new jobs that's going to be available to them by this this tech civilization, right? Then it's very unlikely that a lot, most of them will go and retrain themselves in coding yeah. to take on some, some some coding job. It just, it's not unrealistic. It doesn't make sense. Um, I, I can't do more than just say, like, there's a lot of jobs that are going to come up in tech that are basically going to be just displacing other people um, out of the other people's jobs. And so it, it's going to be a very dangerous and, and interesting transition. Um, but it, it is going to, I think it is important that people are aware that this might happen. And it is scary. But I wish yeah. I could have like something to say like, oh, no, it, it, it'll be... Um, you know, it won't be as bad as people say it is. Um, but my impression right now is that it's gonna be, uh, it's it's not gonna be yeah, pretty. It's I can I think with any with well, throughout like human civilization, with the advent of any new technology, obviously there's been like changes and everything. Um, I forgot exactly what it was. I'm a big I love history, so I think it was during the British Industrial Revolution. I forgot exactly what technology, but a whole bunch of like farmers were like revolting and saying that, oh, machines are going to like their m- machines back then. What do they consider like technology are going to like take over their jobs and all that kind of thing. And like, I kind of actually like did, which is a pretty interesting thing to like happened, ponder yeah. like now, because what Andrew Yang is like talking about in his book I'm reading is, I mean, we might not see it now, like these changes, but like, you know, within this time frame of like 2020 to like 2030, it's going to be like a the advent of certain technologies like we like i mentioned like self-driving cars so in some ways it can be like hurtful for the economy where it's like yeah people are getting like displaced but in other ways i feel like you know it could be very beneficial in some ways to like for productivity purposes like for example in the medical field um you know because you always have to have like in my opinion, like in medicine, you have to have that human like capital and labor whenever you're treating patients. Mm-hmm. It's just the human like nature and aspect of it. But there's also instances where I think, you know, AI and machine learning can do so much and like benefit like doctors uh, by identifying patients. Um, like we see in movies, like, you know, in Marvel movies where you see like. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I, I think, yeah, in, in, in the medical field, uh, I think it's, it's really, there's a lot of data that happens in the medical field that even if it is being collected, it's really hard to look at and try to recognize patterns within that data because it's just so yeah. much data. But it's, it's so much data you can just give an AI instead of a, a doctor to be able to identify certain things. Um, the, the cool thing about AI, for example, is that you're able to uh, give it like, say it's an unsupervised cluster learning out of the world. You're basically saying, hey, can you just like cluster these data points into like four groups? And we're not going to tell you what the four groups are. Just categorize them into four groups and then we'll find a way to label it. Um, something along those lines. And AI is able to do that. So it's able to recognize patterns and data without necessarily having to know how to put them into a group. Um, but back to your point, I, I think uh, even if it's a lot of good, that's going to be done. It's going to be a lot of good, maybe for a lot of people in, in a very tiny fraction. Um, but we we are reaching a point where people are getting economically driven to put other people out of work so that 
they can raise the revenue for the company and decrease the cost. And, and um, it's normal. It's just, uh, I think it's going to be crazy how well AI is going to be able to do it and how fast uh, it's going to be. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, you know, something where, it's, like you mentioned, with a, it's simply just, you know, companies trying to, like, replace their workers and pump up revenue, um, which is another question I'm going to bring up soon. Um, but, yeah, like, it's 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 very it's going to be very interesting to like what we see like unfold within these next couple of years um and um just moving on before i go back to a point that you mentioned it it's actually ties into another question of mine later but um like what do you say like this might be a very i don't know if it's a difficult question but what industry like industry what do you say would be the most impacted by artificial intelligence if you could name one if it's not like the single one but like one do you think that's going to be like heavily impacted like positively or negatively uh, I, I think the obvious low-hanging fruit here is is yeah. transportation um we just rely on transportation so much um and, I, and maybe not even the people the transportation of people but the transportation of mm-hmm. goods um you know everything from when you manufacture offices of the trans the the sea transportation of the goods that come in these giant what do you call them these giant metal containers in in giant ships like the transportation of that could be fairly automated i think that i saw a startup that was trying to work on that to the automation of getting those things off the ships and from with the cranes and onto the the trucks I saw another startup that I think was working on that. And then now the, the, the automation of the truck driving itself um, all the way to, you know, somewhere in a city. Um, and then if I, I think in the city is where it's going to be a lot harder for AI to drive these semi-trucks um, just because a lot more turns, a lot more things to consider than when you're just driving down miles and miles of, of a highway with two lanes. Um, so maybe in, in the local level, these trucks won't um, be automated and, and get your package to your door. But it's, it's entirely possible to just say, hey, drop it off at a location uh, in a city. And then in the city, you can just put it on these like self-driving cars yeah. or whatever, <laughs> or, or even a normal car and just take it to your house. Um, but I think transportation is just going to be the, the big one where it, I think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. Um, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's just the easy yeah. answer. And I, I think, yeah, transportation is an interesting one too, because in some ways it, you know, possibly could benefit people because I just recently heard in the news that can drones be able to, you know, deliver vaccines to like, you know, the COVID-19 vaccines to mm. like places. There's this Amazon design of a building I saw, not, not, I didn't see internally in the job, but I saw it outside on YouTube. Um, I never actually got to ask if, if we're working on this or not. Yeah. But they're trying to design this Amazon building, uh, according to YouTube, that's it's called the Hive, where it's just this giant building in the middle of the city that just goes up, and it has like holes for like or windows for these drones to just fly out of to just deliver all the packages in the city. And that just reminded me of yeah. that. <laughs> I, I definitely think, um, you know, that could be, you know very beneficial to people around the world to you know deliver either delivering like medical supplies or you know it's like other things that could be benefit so it's just like an interesting thing to, yeah well, another another reason why transportation is, is a big one that is is beneficial 
or I don't know if it's beneficial, but one of the reasons inflation is being hit is because there's actually a lot of a lot of economic drivers for transportation to get automated. Um, we're buying a lot more packages online than ever before, right? Like a lot. Um, and, and so a lot of these are, are, are coming from various parts of the country and various parts of the world. Um, but what's happening is there's not enough people willing to work for like the, the wage of like $18 an hour to be a truck driver. So we're actually having a hard time finding enough truck drivers to supply the, the demand um, which is why um, a lot of automation is going towards transportation in the first place is because there's not a lot of people that are, are willing to do it for the wage, but um, AI for that wage, if it's able to get done, can lead to massive profit for a company. Yeah, I just wanted to put that yeah, out there. For sure. countries around the world could actually like you know benefit from this where it's like um you know farmers around the world that are struggling with a certain type of problem can you know possibly use the benefits of ai to help you know productivity at their farms and um but yeah there's just a lot of things that are pretty interesting that could whether that be transportation and everything (laughs) so yeah i feel like it can do a lot of good in the world a lot of problems to solve, very little time. Yeah, AI could, could definitely be a, yeah, a good tool. Exactly. And um, I know we touched this on this a little bit, but is there anything, if you can, like disclose that, you know, your organization is like working on in terms of like, just like AI and like just a very brief, like general summaries? Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I can disclose anything specifically. I don't actually know anything specifically about AI, but... The, I think the one thing that industry is, 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 is struggling with is that in order to use an AI or ML or any of these buzzwords, in order to use a, a mm-hmm. program well, you need good, clean data that means something. Um, and so I, um, the, there was this initial kind of trauma with where, where consultants or whatever or whoever it was this, uh, convinced the industry to invest a lot in like big data and setting up data pipelines. And what ended up happening was they, they put a lot of money into like collecting data that was basically useless for them. And because of that, a lot of uh, companies ended up with 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 like just shitty data pipelines. Um, so what's happening now in order to use the AI or ML programs, what you need to do is, is have good, clean labeled data that uh, they, and where you have to set up like basically data pipelines to collect these clean uh, data and then find a way to manually label them or 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 label them um, in an automated way, but it still takes a lot of like just manual work to set up set up these pipelines. Um, so I, I know a lot of companies are working on that now more than um, AI, um, but I would say some of them have an advantage. So I, I know I can't speak for Amazon because I don't know what's going on in Amazon with AI. Other than I know it's being used in Alexa and all these other consumer products probably, but with with natural language. Um, but it, just in my field, I, we're not using, yeah, we're not using AI for where I'm working at yet. We're, we're setting up data infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just like going on to the next question is, because this is, brings back to the like other 
kind of part is um like is there any way like ai like how can ai work alongside workers to like make their jobs easier because i i know i'm taking like mm. a like a linkedin learning um class and i think this one business um author was saying that the point of like you know your digital strategy and implementing like ai and machine learning is not to like I th- he thinks that it's totally wrong to like automatically think displace workers to make you know um productivity like higher but he said that the point of your digital strategy and implementing ai is to basically like have a human-centered approach to it to make sure that you're focusing first on human but like the supplemental part is with the ai and machine learning but not the point is to overtake the human and just replace it all together kind of thing so i don't know your like opinions on that yeah there's there's a very specific podcast not podcast sorry a very specific ted talk that i will look into that for um it's called the incredible inventions of intuitive ai by maurice Conti. Mm-hmm. and his whole premise for that talk is there's, there's a lot of places where ai is going to be harmful there's a lot of places where it's going to be good but Maurice Ponty was specifically interested in the places where AI augments people and people augment AI. And it's this like symbiotic relationship uh, to solve, you know, world problems. Um, so I, I think that's really cool. I think the the one where he brought up that was just used as a, as a, as an example, let me see if I can pull it up here, is where let's say you wanted to build a a a you wanted to build almost like a small settlement made out of string and bamboo um it turns out that ai is very helpful in giving instructions on how to um how to build this but um it takes people to actually do the building because the mobility that it takes to to work with these items takes takes only certain takes certain skills that only humans have. Um, so another, another thing would be like um, some some AIs really get pen recognition, but what is what humans are better for is, is saying which patterns we need to recognize in the first place that will actually be helpful. Um, so, for example, and if an electrician comes to your house, it, it's basically on the humans to say, hey, like, what we're trying to do is figure out how to make the lights come up again. Um, and, and then the AI can go through basically a roadmap of, of yes, no questions and tell the human what to check. Um, and then the human can go ahead and check. Yes, he has the dexterity of his hands, and it's learning of, of what wires are what. Um, so there's a lot of ways in which they both augment each other, and it's really nice to see how they're augmented to really leverage the power of pan recognition in AI with the, the 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 dexterity and the vision and the empathy of humans, right? So a, a doctor, for example. Doctors have like a Google for doctors mm-hmm. where they get to put like the symptoms and then the 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 tool that they use will say like okay we'll check if they have this and if they don't have this then it could be this but if they don't have this it could be this this other thing. So they check 
the, the, the Google engine basically has like a, a whole bunch of symptoms that they have to check in order to determine what it is. And that's already a software that's doing that. Um, and, and you couple that with doctors who have the empathy to deliver that kind of news to people. And it's, it's a really good combination in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, because the like downside to, um, I guess some people might do is hopefully, you know, <laughs> we don't see this, but it's like, you know, it's, um, I guess like we're going through a drive through in like fast food where it's like just yeah. you know people are talking about that too where it's you know just replacing people together where it's like you simply just order from like a the computer there then you drive up and there's no like human interaction and you just get your food like that kind of scenario like displacements in that sort are gonna be like kind of like a bummer for a lot of um, people that's what like bringing back to the point of ai can be sort of detrimental to a lot of people that have you know are just not even like going through high school or just like low skill like workers like you said it's um not ideal to just go and learn coding again (laughs) but like how to like basically um you know teach them to work alongside this technology if you know what i'm saying yeah i think i think that's i think that's a question that needs to be asked um Especially, like, how do we, how do we leverage AI to help not only help solve world problems, but also help AI also leverage people and and create more jobs for people to help um, solve these world problems? Yeah, it, it's a it's a difficult question for sure. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't even know how to scratch that question. Yeah, for sure. Like, I wouldn't even know how to cool because we haven't even like. I mean, we hear about it, and, like, there's some instances, but it's not, like, a major trend line, if you know what I'm, like, saying. But we're, like, the public, like, oh, definitely knows. Like, I know about that. Um, so, which leads me on to, like, kind of, like, my last question, where it's, like, when do you think, like, the public um, will see, like, AI as a major trend? Like, it's just going to, like, blow up? Um, because, like, right now in the news, we talk a lot about well, right now we hear like the public health crisis and there's also things with like, you know, everyone talks about like economics all the time or just like health, but there's not really been an instance where it's just on the news like every day, like, oh, here's AI kind of thing. It's literally in just like sublines of news. People talk about it, but I don't think it's like a thing where a vast majority of the world really like talks about or knows like 90% of the time because the focus is on like other topics, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's a. So, okay, what's the question? Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> like, my bad. I, I, can, I can talk about this, but I don't know if I should. I can just riff and it'll never end. Yeah, no, I apologize. <laughs> I think, um, like, yeah, the last to reframe it better, it's like to be more specific, like, I don't know if you can put a specific year or like within a time frame because i think i know it's coming within these next 10 years where it's just gonna like um people are gonna like know about it but when do you see that like happening where it's like a major thing on like the headlines of the news that kind of thing because it's not like a in my opinion i don't like when i turn on like you know for example like cnn or some other major news site 
that kind of thing. They're only talking about it like online through like articles, but like it's not talking about like yeah. every day on the TV where it's like a new development in AI kind of thing where the public is like, okay, yeah, that's I know what AI is, and people like talk about it all the time. I don't know if that's ever going to come to the point where it's just like a major thing, or it's just going to be like a the silent kind of <laughs> thing underneath everything. Yeah, I got to think. Um, so it was about three three years ago, yeah. maybe even four. <laughs> It was uh back in what was it? We're in twenty twenty one. I think it was like in twenty seventeen. Mark Cuban said something in a Shark Tank said like, "Hey, if you're not learning how to leverage AI in business, in three years you're gonna be a dinosaur." Yeah. <laughs> in three years you're gonna be a dinosaur. That was three three or four years ago already, right? Um, the transition already started. Um. And we're just not aware of it. We don't talk about it. Maybe because we don't want to. Maybe because we don't understand it. Maybe because we're not even aware that we're going through this transition. But it's already there. It's it's completely. We use it every day, and the people aren't aware. So, um, when you use Amazon Alexa and you you speak to it in order to get any kind of information, that's AI and natural language processing. You needed uh, AI to be able to understand well what you're what people are saying and then process that information and give an output to that information. Um, when people use their, their phones, their, if they have a new phone and you have like night vision and you have like multiple cameras in the back, there's AI calibrating those sensors based on the data of the light that it's receiving to take a good picture. Um, like AI is already slow. TikTok, perfect example. Everyone is using TikTok now. Yeah. The entire... The, in, the entire uh, addictiveness of TikTok is, is an AI algorithm that basically says, we're keeping track of how long you keep uh, your eyeball on a specific video. We're deconstructing what you like about that video, and we're giving you more videos that are like this uh, in, in a almost lottery fashion. And we know we're, you're training the algorithm based on how long you take to swipe up or down or whether or not you give it a like. Um, so you're all already consuming AI if you're using TikTok. Um, so the transition is already happening. Uh, it started happening a while ago, and it's, it's, it's a very silent transition. Um, but, uh, you know, like, you, there's data about you. Oh, Google. Google's an excellent. So if, if you go to Google, there's, like, if you go to adsettings.google.com, mm-hmm. Google is running, I don't know if it's AI, but it's computer programs that makes assumption about who you are, your age, your, your, your sex, gender, your, your, your marital status, whether or not you have kids, uh, whether you're of a certain political persuasion. It's making all these assumptions about you based on how, on what Google things you search for. Um, and so all of this is already happening very silently. Self-driving cars is not happening silently. Self-driving cars is very much out there saying, hey, we're using AI. We're, Teslas already are able to drive by themselves and, and do a whole bunch of stuff on the highways uh, because of AI. So the transition is already happening. We're in the middle of it. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those things like you, when you see your face every day, you can't tell the small changes. But if you go to your grandma one year and, the, and then you go to your grandma in like 10 years, she'll notice a difference because she hasn't seen you in 10 years. But to you yourself or, or the people around you, you don't change much from day to day. So, you know, you're not seeing the, the differences that it's making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're, we're kind of in, in that scenario where it started happening already, but we're just not paying attention to it because 
you know, we're living it every day. We get a small gradual change every day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And um, just to, um, before we end is like going back to like AI, like it's out there. It's just not like, <clears throat> I guess some people are just not like familiar with like, oh, that's like AI. Like, for example, when we shop on like Amazon, right? Um, it's like, oh, I bought a book or I bought something. The next time when you're searching on Google or something and like, or you're searching on other other site, you get like a pop-up that says like, oh, you might like this book. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I just bought a book that's kind of similar. Or, you know, I just bought this like piece of equipment and it shows me an ad of like, oh, a cool piece of equipment, uh, another piece of like equipment. Like, obviously we get that all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's on the internet and it's on our phones, like whatever we search and all that. So it's just like data, like, gathering like on you what i'm trying to say is i think i think to better reframe this question is i guess to end it is i there should be i think in my opinion or should there be like more awareness like around it whether you know from like a scale it can start with education like on universities um or like on the news or i don't know i think it, it I think it should just be more awareness to it, to a vast, like, audiences, especially for the people that are going to get affected by it. But just, like, for the everyday, like, person, like, what does this mean for me if I decide to, you know, enter into this industry or that kind of thing? Or me as, like, a young person, like, high school or college student, like, how is my, like, my career going to be affected by this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't want to be pessimistic about this, but to answer the question, like, yeah, I think it's too late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's already just too late. Um, uh-huh. The only things, the only things that you can do now is is learn that that the current applications of AI and how it's, it's it's planning on being applied in the future. To just look out how it's being applied, but um, we're already consuming AI at such a rapid pace that we are kind of we already kind of got on the boat and it's already leaving. And it feels like it, it, it's already too far to swim back to shore. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether we learn about it or not, I think you should always aim to be more educated about what's happening around you. I think AI is having a, a lot of implications on your everyday life, whether you think about it or not. Um, and I, think, I think it's good to learn about it, but I don't think it's going to change anything, um, especially for the everyday person, even, even, even for most people, actually. Um, yeah, you kind of, we're, we're kind of already, it's too late for us to, to, to say, Hey, Hey, we don't actually want you collecting this data or Hey, um, you know, like I, I hate to be very pessimistic about it, but historically we give up our, our security and we give up our privacy for convenience. And, mm-hmm. um, that's a, a, a economical driver has been, to take as much information from us to to leverage us to buy more products. Yeah, it's certainly a lot of implications to like everything, especially the data privacy part. Because like I know during the election there was a whole yeah I, you remember this right? Um, if you vote if you voted that there was the whole data thing. Um, I don't know if you did you vote in California? Sorry, I was I did. Little... Okay, <laughs> you got the um, the proposition right on the data thing. So, I I don't remember seeing it. So I'm, oh. one those, <laughs> I'm one of those uninformed voters. <laughs> no, that okay. Well, I mean, we're diverting here, but that's the problem with like I guess the propositions 
too. We're not like what I'm trying to say is the problem is like I guess people just don't know like are not like well informed on it. We just get it on the day of and we're just like, yeah. what is this? Instead of like years of like or not like years, because obviously it's just the propositions come out because of recent like things that are going on. But like I feel like the source of information, like where do we get uh, it from? There was a prop yeah, there was yeah. a proposition on the data privacy thing just to relate to the AI, which is um that's yeah, and that's like a big thing too, like the data privacy. And most people are probably like blind to it. I don't know where it's like And here's the I think here's the hard part about all of this. Is even if, if you had um very good sources of truth, um, which we don't, right? They're all very muddied yes. up. We don't we don't know where to look at for for to co- collect good information. Even but even if we exactly. did have that, we have so much more information that than our attention allows. Like yeah. every day we get so much more information that we're able to give it that we have to select which information we give attention to. We live in, in the attention economy now. Um where just the information vastly surpasses the time we can actually take to absorb it. Um so it, it's hard to pinpoint what we should be paying attention to any given point in time. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's a <laughs> it's a brave new world out here. Um and we we started learning that in 2020 and I hope it, it gets better in the future. Um but it, it's definitely we live in a in a different time from even just a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, um, cool. I mean, that's there's a lot of more things <laughs> surrounding. You talk about like hours on hours of about AI with people that are about... in, well, that are people are interested in the topic. Like, yeah, I just love it's a good topic. About, yeah, it's a really good topic, and it's it's important for like our generation because it's like. Yeah, it's just going to, like, affect us in a lot of ways. Um, it, it has a lot of ethical implications and a lot of things that could, like, benefit us. So I think it's a good thing to, like, talk about. And there's, like, a lot more things you can, like, dwell into besides what we talked about today. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much everything, you know, it for this episode. Um, is there anything you had, uh, Xavier, like, any pieces of advice or anything that you want to add on to, like, AI uh, to conclude this episode? Yes, I just want to add on two things, uh, or maybe even just one thing. The the yeah. first thing is I'm not an expert in AI. I want to put that out there. I'm an enthusiast. I I like <laughs> looking a lot about what the applications of AI are. I I like. I started learning how to code very swiftly on just doing these like minor exercises of teaching how to uh, train an AI to to identify an orange over an apple. Um, I I, I like. I'm an enthusiast about these things. I'm interested, but I'm in, in no sense an expert. So take everything I said with a grain of salt. Um, and then the second thing is, um, it, there's a, for all the people that are in college or high school, or maybe even just graduating from college, that you're still kind of young and still feel like you can learn. Um, that includes me because I'm, I'm only 25 years old. Um, I, I would say definitely look into how you can start understanding these by doing uh, some of the exercises that are out there online because it's not difficult. All you're really doing is gluing libraries together. You're, all the puzzle pieces are already built. You're basically just running command on saying, hey, pull pull this information from this part and then use this library to filter the information and, and see what pops up. But there's already infrastructure uh, laid down and you can just use off-the-shelf, off-the-shelf code to to learn 
how AI can be applied. AI, you'll start seeing that we live in a, a much more manual world than you would expect. There's still a lot of space for AI to be applied in a lot of great places um, and use it with compassion. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Xavier. Um, I thought it was a great conversation. And um, yeah, this concludes the episode. And um, yeah, stay tuned for more, everybody. Um, a lot of exciting uh, episodes coming up and guests. Um, so yeah, I want to thank you, Xavier. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you.